0: The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne.
1: Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And
2: I'm Dr. James Payne. And we're thrilled to be with you today.
1: Yes. So we are ready for our fight of the week. Mm. So actually, we didn't have a fight this week. (laughs) So that was good. Um, We don't actually fight every single week. Sometimes we, you know, get our quota in. We might do three this week and then none next week. So this was a none next week. So I actually had to go back to a previous week, which I did. And so this week I want to talk about Date Night Gone Bad Mm. and how something small can, you know, basically ruin a night that was supposed to be good. So... If you remember, um, actually it wasn't date night. We were actually having lunch, mm-hmm. um, and so we went out to lunch. And where it was a you know nice spring day, where energy is good. It was a Saturday, and all was well. We went to lunch, and um, as we typically do, because we're always balancing, we I brought up a subject. I think I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was one of the projects we're working on. And I was like, hey, you want to talk about this? And um, you said yes, and then you started talking. I was like, well, what are you thinking? And you start sharing what you were thinking. And I was like, well, I don't want to start there. That doesn't make sense. And you're like, well, if that doesn't make sense, then you you tell me where to start. You know, well, why don't you just start? And I was like, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just saying it seems weird um, to start there when we don't know what's involved. I actually think it was about the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. And I think we were talking about, you were, we were talking about frequency, how frequent we wanted to do it. And I was like, well, let's talk about what the purpose is first before we talk about frequency. And for whatever reason, that seemed to offend you. And it just kind of, spiraled out of control from there like I wanted you to go ahead because I was really interested in hearing your thoughts because I felt like I had already shared my thoughts you Mm. flat out refused to share presumably because I had offended you and then before we know it you know we're like arguing over salads now at lunch over
2: nothing and it just kind of like kept spiraling so yes yes and I, I hate it Every time we have a fight over food and you waste my good $70 lunch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does that have to do with anything? <laughs> no, I, I, I think the uh, the thing that pops up for me about that particular incident, and I, I struggle to recall. Uh, the exact details. But I do recall there was a measure of offense uh, that occurred. There was also some tension, I think, even before we we tried to broach the conversation that I picked up in your body language. And so I was reluctant to even really engage that conversation. You were
1: always talking about
2: my body language. Yes, because it's not always positive. (laughs) Yes. Go on. Anyway, and so uh, as your body language kind of set the tone, I said, "Okay, this is going to be uh, very tricky territory to try to walk through this because she's already, um, you know, we we talk about uh, twos and tens. She's already at about a level seven or eight uh, anxiety about something. And so offending me right out of the gate, definitely just shut me down. Mm. And, you know, once I got offended and your body language was already bad, I just said, eh, I don't want to talk uh, about this at all. And so we sat for literally 20, 25 minutes and we were just angry chewing. <laughs> you ever sat just angry chewing? We were just uh, angry yeah, chewing. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, It is nothing like picking up the environment, like your weight staff can feel the tension in the room. They are approaching the table slowly and with caution because (laughs) they don't want to be the third party associated with this argument, with this fight. And so uh, I recall just us being really, really angry, really, really upset. And so we had that moment of silence, which I actually think was okay because, Mm. you know, silence can be golden. Now, I don't think we necessarily approached it in the best way, but I think being able to be silent, get calm. Well, we
1: got silent because you shut down. Yes, which you're was welcome. annoying. You are so
2: <laughs> welcome <laughs> for that. I helped you.
1: But here is the thing, like, and and I, you know, I'm I'm gonna give you this whole body language thing. We'll talk about this when we get off the podcast. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that. You tend to put a lot of stock in the body language or the tone, and I always feel like that's unfair because we just, we fight differently, right? I'm dramatic, whether I'm happy, angry, or sad, I appreciate you saying that. Expressive. And so it's very difficult for me. It's not that I'm like yelling, you know, I'm passionate. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I may, my voice may be elevated, but I'm not yelling, right? And so, but then as that's happening, you sort of focus on that, but I feel like your language can also be just as cutting, right? And so you might not be as demonstrative as I am, but the words that you're saying can be sharp. Mm. And so I think we end up having that dynamic. And again, it just accelerated and accelerated. And so we ended up, you're just like, you know, I'm done. And I'm just like, we we didn't even start talking yet. How can, you know, what even is this? Um, And so then, like you said, it creates this,
2: terrible date night energy, but we got through it. Yeah. So how we worked it out in this particular instance, uh, again, the silence was golden, although it wasn't uh, intentional silence in a positive way. I was just angrily done and I don't enjoy arguing. So when I get to a point where um, I don't feel the conversation is productive, I shut down and I just let you stew in your feelings, which I understand is tough for you because you have all these words you want to get out and so when I shut the conversation down you know I, I recognize you are just you can see steam coming out of your afro uh, <laughs> when I shut the conversation Leave my down. afro out of this. Uh, but I, I think how we worked through it uh, was that silence actually helped us uh, to get calm uh, and so we went through the, the lunch we had the angry chew 20-25 minutes because uh, you eat fast when you're angry you just chew more more aggressive when you're angry. And so we chewed, swallowed, and paid. Uh, And then we got out to the car, and we're walking to the car, and we get in the car, and uh, by that point, we were a little calmer, and we were able to kind of slowly broach the conversation uh, and start talking about it uh, with, with a calmer head. So I think some of that may actually serve uh, working to the halt principle if you will, because mm. we were at the restaurant which means we were hungry and the halt principle says you should never have important dialogue when you're hungry, angry, lonely or tired. And we were at least hungry. What do you say about that?
1: At, at least. <laughs> <laughs> at least. And I, I think you as usual, a Rose colored reflection because I'm pretty sure we did not agree right in the car ride home. I'm pretty sure it was a silent ride home and you probably went and played golf or something and later we came back Um, and I, I think what I realized is that you know to your point it was spillover Again, because there was an unresolved conversation from a few days earlier that hadn't happened. So we were kind of I was trying to have that conversation as well. And you're like, wait, what conversation are we having? So you kind of get flooded. Um, But finally, when we got to a place where I could be heard. Right. We were able to come to the conversation with cooler heads and the issue that had not been resolved. We were able to talk that through and then we were able to kind of make peace. Mm. Um, But but I think it's important that when you shut down. Which, like you said, it can be a good strategy, but you do have to come back because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's left festering. And for some of us, that does not work.
2: And, And I think this has been true for us. And this has been something I've really worked to bring to bear in our relationship. You don't have to solve everything right then and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and in fact, there are some things, you know, based on the consequence of of what's going on that you don't necessarily have to solve at all. Mm -hmm. And so being able to uh, recognize that this isn't, you know, something we have to do right now. So how about go to bed angry? Can you go? Do you go to bed angry? Uh, I go to bed uh, resolved. What does that mean? That means I go to bed um, with the mind that if we have an issue that's on the table that we have not come to agreement with, I go to bed with the understanding that at some point we're going to work through it. We're going to connect. We're going to solve the problem. So, So, yes, you go to bed angry. If you just want me to say it. (laughs)
1: And it's okay.
2: And it's okay. Yeah.
1: I think some people are like, you got to solve, no, we're going to solve this tonight. Probably not. No. Because we're angry. Just go to bed.
2: Mm, Absolutely. Just go to bed. Mm. And that's the connection why marriage is important. So we're not boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm. Uh, We have made a commitment. So when I say, Uh, I go to bed with resolve. I go to bed with the understanding that we are in a marriage commitment. We got a a couple of forevers. We got a couple of forevers. And uh, so, yes, we do go to bed without having completely resolved every issue dynamic that may have reared its ugly head during the day. But we go to bed in the resolve that we are committed to one another. We're committed to this relationship and we're committed to working through the issues that we need to work through.
1: Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I, I must say that I think that that's one of the things I love. About our growth Is how we're able To recover Mm. From disagreements Now Mm -hmm. You know That we can table it And still enjoy each other Mm -hmm. It's just like Okay this is going left Clearly we're not Supposed to talk about this Let's change the subject The sun is shining Let's go over here because we got a couple of forevers, Mm. right? And it doesn't everything. The the sky is not falling based on this one little argument.
2: Mm. Yeah. And that goes back to uh, halt, uh, the the tired part of of, of halt. Uh, You know, if if you are tired, you shouldn't engage uh, in important dialogue. So go ahead, get some sleep, feel better, wake up uh, when there is a mutually agreeable time uh, and space for you two to come back together and deal with it. Do so.
1: Yeah, which is a great segue to our topic of the day. All right. Um, so twos and tens is um, basically a philosophy that we use to figure out who is going to back down first. <laughs> How important is this to you? Is it a 10 out of 10? Like this is... I am emphatic about this. This is fundamental. This is a value construct to me. That's a 10 out of 10, right? As opposed to a two out of 10 where it's like, I disagree, but I'm not losing sleep over it. It's not the end of the world for me, quite frankly, whatever. When it's a two out of 10 for you, it's helpful if you help your partner, help your relationship by backing down. Mm. Right. My grandfather used to say, somebody's got to have some sense in this world. World. And so in your interactions, you take turns being Mm -hmm. the person who has the sense. Absolutely. And one way you can do that is choosing your battles. Mm. Right. And so if it's not a 10 out of 10 for you,
2: let it go. Yes. A quick story I tell uh, often is there are two battering rams on a single beam 100 feet above ground mm-hmm. uh, trying to cross over and they're both walking toward each other and they both have a direction they're trying to go in. Now, the only way for them to continue safely on the journey is one of them has to make a decision to lower themselves to submit in that particular scenario to allow both to continue on their path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that is Really, what we do and and what we found to be successful in our own relationship is a mutual submission and understanding that there are going to be times when you're going to drive the bus and and be, you know, the the person who, uh, if the word is correct, and we're following, you know, what your idea is or what you came up with. And then there are going to be times when that's me. And uh, I think that really is more so tied to giftedness, but definitely mutual submission.
1: Yeah. So I think that if both partners are in a place where you're communicating, ideally you sort of implement and agree twos and tens before you need it Mm. together. But I also recognize that sometimes, you know, one partner is there and willing and the other partner isn't. There were definitely times in our relationship where you weren't as mature. Your behavior was, you know, not conducive to a successful relationship, but I was holding the place for our relationship. And I think that there were times that you've done it for me as well. And so it works either way. Like it'll work if you work it. So if your partner is not there yet and you are just committing, begin to back Down, right? Like you don't have to announce it or say, I'm doing this and I'm always the one doing this. Just do it, right? There's a scripture that says the husband is won by the conversation of the wife. And I say, or the lack thereof, Hmm. right? So pull back and they will see change, whether it's the husband or the wife. And if you're in a battle and you're trying to make progression in your relationship, Somebody's got to have some sense. So if that's you, take that and pull back. You can't fight by yourself. Mm. Right. So if I'm like yelling and screaming, we're doing it together. Then we're both party to the crime. Mm -hmm. If only one of us is yelling and screaming and the other one is calm and reserved and relaxed. The other person has to stop because they look ridiculous Mm -hmm. standing in a room being all dramatic. And if that happens two, three, four times, suddenly they will probably begin to amend their behavior because of what they see in you.
2: Well, I think if it's a situation when uh, both parties are on 10, there obviously has to be some measure of negotiation, some measure of uh, working together to come to whatever the best end is for the relationship. Marriage is about removing, uh, in a lot of respects, selfish ambition and uh, working for the good of the relationship, obviously for the good of each other, but for the good of the relationship as well. If there's uh, something that we have that we're both extremely passionate about, it may be an opportunity for uh, me to yield the floor to her and allow her uh, this opportunity or for her to do the same for me. But really just kind of talking it through uh, spending time uh, in negotiation and just kind of processing the issue is it, it's, yeah. it's, it's how you get to resolve.
1: And I think wise counsel is helpful, too. Mm. That's where that comes in. Right. That it's helpful to have models for where you're trying to be, mm. right? Talking to your friends that are not in successful relationships is the wrong place to go sure. when you own a 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. because you're both passionate about this issue. Yeah. So having a place, a marriage mentor, you know, uh, someone that's got some wisdom mm-hmm. to share by their resume, mm-hmm. Proof <laughs> right? of concept. Proof of concept. Proof of concept. That can you know, advise you. So hold yourself accountable. I think individually we need that. And as a relationship, it's helpful to have that as well. So go to the person that you know is going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not.
2: Mm, yes, yes. And fighting differently, um, my style, uh, I think, to fighting or having disagreement.
1: Right. I think for, it's important to know that our personality styles are very similar. And we are both like lions,
2: mm.
1: <laughs> right? Alpha males, if you would. Um, this even is though so I'm a girl.
2: awkward <laughs> because you cannot be an alpha male. <laughs> okay. You see what I'm dealing with, America.
1: <laughs> this show is global, actually. But yes, I mean, I, I we're we're very strong personalities, um, stubborn, uh, strong-willed. Um, intelligence, you know, all of that. And as much as I don't like conflict necessarily, like in the world with him, please, I will conflict. She picks fights all the time. I do not pick fights. <laughs> so I think we're similar, but but like you were saying, it
2: shows up in different ways in our relationship. Yeah, it definitely shows up in different ways. Uh, I, I'm a fact finder. And so when we have conflict, I'm looking for what are the facts uh, what what was the body language? What was said? What were the exact words? Oh,
1: gosh. Um, Not the exact words. Because please. words
2: matter. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't necessarily see you as a fact finder as much as you are a feeling agent.
1: hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, sentiment, mm. I think, is more important to me. And. I'm ultimately principal, like what's the principal who can forget the words. Right. And you're like, you can't forget the words. You know, I'm like, you know what I meant?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> Which, I know what you said. Right.
1: Sometimes you <laughs> do know what I meant and sometimes you don't actually.
2: When I when I shut down uh, in that in that instance, I knew uh, because she has so many words uh, that she needs to uh, say and express and that sort of thing. So when I shut down, I knew that that would necessarily cause that would cause her to feel a way uh, that would cause a reaction.
1: To feel what way? Use your words. <laughs> I hate that phrase. What does that mean? Use your words. Sorry, you were saying.
2: <laughs> You're stepping on my I words. Am, I'm
1: sorry. I just, I don't like feel away. Can we, <laughs> what way do you feel?
2: I knew it would agitate you. Ah. I knew it would frustrate you. Thank you. Uh, and I, I knew it would shut you down when I ignore mm. you. It shuts you down. So I decided to pull back. And not engage the fight and to completely shut down. So it's like a punishment almost. Well, ultimately it worked out, but sure.
1: Right. And that's what it feels like which means I'm like, no we're talking about this. You know, you can't drop out in the middle of the conversation, right? Like, you have a tendency to do it like I ask a valid question in the middle of the argument and you're like, I'm done talking about this. What? No way. Wait.
2: (laughs) You you asked a valid question as you determine validity to be. Yes,
1: and I believe that so it valid makes a, is
2: very subjective. Well, but it's
1: valid because it's like, oh, this will get us to resolution, and instead of honoring that, you check out the conversation. Well, so that's
2: because oftentimes these discussions, like game shows, you'll say ten out of ten people would agree with. this. <laughs>
1: But in the heat of the moment, you don't know, you know. So, yes, I think for those that, you know, um, we say this with our we have um, a model at the Foundation for Successful Marriages. And the top half of it is before you say I do. um, And the bottom half is sort of after you say I do. But ideally, you know, you talk about this stuff before you need it Mm -hmm. um, is when it's most effective. Like we learned on the job Mm -hmm. and we don't recommend that route (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk about it, how will we handle conflict? How will we, you know, if we're both passionate about something, what are our rules of engagement, right? Like you really need that those norms and you need to do it when you love the person, right? Absolutely. When you could never imagine that, you know, they would look at you mean or say something mean or shut down to spite you. Um so that you have it to Hold on to mm-hmm. when you need it.
2: No, one of the the best phrases to kind of tie that up uh, that I've heard is to uh, build the well before you're thirsty. Mm. So yeah, definitely have those tools in place. Good. Okay, so this week's uh, question of the week came in. It's this: uh, How do you get your wife to follow your lead uh, without fighting you every step of the way? That's an amazing question. That's a great question. I I, I wish somebody would have answered this question for me. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm I'm sitting with bated breath. I can't wait to hear the answer it, to this. It
2: would have helped us avoid like Mike Tyson, Holyfield <laughs> bouts in our house. Figuratively, of course. Figuratively, of course. Yes, (laughs) because my wife packs a mean punch. Whatever. Uh, How do you get your wife to follow your lead without fighting you every step of the way? Well, I I think a couple things come to mind immediately for me, Uh, and I'm an avid reader, and one of the best books that I've read uh, that kind of gave some guidance to this uh, that I'm going to sample in in this uh, this response. Uh, is from uh, A.R. Bernard, uh, Four Things Women Want from a Man. And uh, my response to the question would be this. Uh, You have to demonstrate uh, maturity, decisiveness, consistency, and strength in how you engage with your Uh, spouse. And I think when you engage the relationship in that way, it gives them a level of comfort to trust your leadership, to trust that you're making mature decisions, that you're making, uh, you're not wishy-washy, but you're making decisive uh, calls on on the behest of the family, uh, that you're consistent in who you are, and that you're able to show up with a moniker of strength. And so uh, I think positioning yourself to bring that person into the relationship really would help the wife to follow the lead. What do you think?
1: I have so many
2: questions.
1: (laughs) So what's the question again?
2: Question is this, how do you get your wife to follow your lead without fighting you every step of the way?
1: So I have so many questions. I'm curious, you know, there's not enough information for me to make a decision because I, you know, so one, like you said, I mean, leadership period, right? So let's take the spouse relationship and the, you know, hierarchy or who's supposed to follow whom and all that out of it. Um, But You know, um, there's a proverb that says uh, a man who says he's a leader but has no followers is only taking a walk. Right. So you have to earn the right for me to follow you Mm -hmm. as a if you're my leader. um, And I don't mean you specifically. Like I said, even in a work setting, church setting, wherever it is, you earn the right to have people follow you and you earn the right by trust, like you said, consistency by modeling. I've seen something in you, like your credit, you get credibility um, and that's through your actions and your deeds. And so what comes to mind for me first is sort of what is that person's actions and deeds? What's his character looking like? Because if you're asking me to follow you, then ideally that stuff is lining up, right? And so your, your follow word, and then the second piece is I'd love to know more about the scenario, right? So I'm trying to think about examples in our own life where you were taking the lead and I needed to follow. And if I was resistant, I don't think I'm very resistant. You think I'm resistant?
2: Of course not, sweetheart. <laughs> That's the, I just gave you right there the key to being married for almost 25 years. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just got to say, of course not, sweetheart. <laughs> and keep it moving.
1: But I'm trying to think, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, um, because there are times when you're leading and there's times when I'm leading. And I think it's based on our strengths. It's based on our knowledge, expertise. There are definitely times when I want you to lead. Right. Uh, Especially for me, if it has to do with conflict, because believe it or not, even though you paint me as this like raging liberal, I don't know why. I actually don't like anything that has to do with conflict. So with conflict, high conflict situations, I'm happy to let you go on and handle it because I just assume I have to deal with it. However, you have more of a temper. So then I'm also more even keel. So it just kind of depends, right? So I think that there's partnership in what the scenario is and you um, use the strengths of your partnership to figure out what makes the most sense Mm -hmm. in terms of kind of how to
2: navigate through that situation. Um, So how do you get your wife to follow your lead uh, without fighting you every step of the way? Uh, I think part of that has to be Uh, framed. And so let's let's invert the question and just kind of work with it uh, from a few different angles. Uh, So that is assuming that uh, the scenario or case in question uh, warrants your specific leadership in that instance. Uh, Part of uh, what we believe and, and, and what has helped us be successful is we believe in this ethos of goals, not roles. And so not necessarily being framed And um, uh, I have to do this because uh, this is my gender assignment and this is what uh, my uh, my upbringing has said I have to do. So first, uh, recognizing, okay, are you the right leader uh, in this particular context? Uh, And then if we're able to determine that you're the right leader in this particular context, uh, then I think identifying how you build buy-in. How do you get the buy-in? So uh, leadership is about influencing other people to work alongside you and to support something that you're working on in a shared context. So how do you go about building that? I think one of the ways you do it uh, is having a good track record, a good history of working well uh, with your partner so they know you have their best interests at heart and they they trust your judgment. Uh, they know that you're trying to lead the relationship uh, in a positive direction. Uh, and so, you know, making sure that you're taking little steps day by day to prove that that's who you are. That's how you show up in a relationship. So when you come with wanting to lead an effort, uh, it's assumed that you're bringing positive intent.
1: Yeah. I think another good question is, is she fighting? Hmm. Every step of the way Right So he's like Without her fighting Every step of the way And it goes back To something we talked About before um, Listening ears Right So sometimes You're assuming She's fighting And she may actually be supporting, challenging, offering good perspective, right? Are you hearing what's being communicated? I can think of an example in our relationship where several years ago, you were actually really, really set on starting a church. Mm. And I did not think that was a good idea. (laughs) at the time, you know, kind of where we were. And, um, you know, we were very involved in our ministry, we had um, leadership roles, and you felt, you know, very clear and firm that that was what you were supposed to do. Um, So it was heard from
2: God woman. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And I'm just like, so I was you could, you know, I'm, I'm thinking if, you know, you wrote that question, that that could be your perspective when you were in that seat, that she's fighting every turn. But I wasn't fighting. I was offering perspective to say, this is happening. We've got this going on. I don't even think you had your PhD then. And so it was just like, we got enough going on. This is a good thing. Are you sure? And so that really wasn't fighting. It was perspective. And so having the listening ear to to know that, you know, the wife is there as a partner, as a help meet. So hear what she's saying and kind of coming together to work, to do it. And, you know, we, we actually did, I eventually, you know, submitted and, and followed your lead. And we later learned that that wasn't necessarily the path that we were supposed to be in because, you know, a church is kind of four walls and requires um, that attention regularly. And our ministry was more global than that. Again, it's always about the yin and the yang. So, yes, I, you know, offered some perspective, some measure of resistance, depending on how you see it. Um, but ultimately, I was willing to step back and let you lead since you were so emphatic about it. We did it. I supported it 100 percent. And when it came mm-hmm. time to transition and not do it, you know, we did that as well.
2: Yeah. So I, I think a, a key point there is fighting. Uh, that word fighting may not be fighting uh, as, as you've interpreted Uh, I would have coded that as fighting uh, based on your feedback. Uh, in that scenario, starting the church. Uh, hindsight being 2020 on the backside of it, I recognize it was not fighting. Uh, it was offering a different perspective. I was so far ingrained and down the street in terms of what we were doing uh, that I could not see uh, the roadway around me. I couldn't see everything, all the elements uh, around me. And like you said, I hadn't even finished my doctorate at the time. So I'm a, a, a doctoral student uh, trying to get this done. I'm working uh, full time. And it's so much swirling on. We're, our kids were younger. We're, we're trying to raise our family. Uh, and so, again, it, it's not necessarily fighting. The wife is in place to be a support uh, and to be a help. And the great thing about that, uh, I think it, it's so important to trust Uh, your wife's judgment, trust your spouse's judgment uh, when they're trying to uh, influence you one way or the other. Because again, let's look at this. You were my choice. Uh, So Mm. I decided to go on this life journey with you. Uh, And as my partner, um, you know, in in order for you to be helpful uh, to me, you have to be at least as smart and as strong as I am to help me get things done. So I need to value and learn to value uh, your feedback and not necessarily see it is fighting. So uh, how I would respond to that and, and kind of challenging uh, that question is just take a look at the reality um, and, and accept it as a feedback, a different perspective. Um, uh, our ideas uh, aren't necessarily the only idea in the room. Right. Uh, and, and being able to accept feedback. Yeah. Can help and you I think further. when you
1: have those kind of scenarios where you're not on the same page, give it some time. Mm-hmm. Right. Until you can, you know, time brings about perspective. Sure. And ideally, you can kind of get to a place where you can pull back from a situation for a little while, give it some time and then come to it fresh again until one of you sort of is willing to concede and compromise um, so that you can kind of move forward. Absolutely. So that makes an episode, ladies and gentlemen. We're so excited to have um, shared. We hope you found something valuable. As always, we want to hear from you. Keep us with the tea coming so that we have scenarios to talk and process so that they're relevant to you. Successfulmarriages.org, on the website, social media, or Dr. James Payne or Marissa Q. Payne. We look forward to hearing from you. Take care, guys.
0: This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us. Find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.